Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. What's up, guys? Welcome to our show. Today we discuss about ACO trends, uh, what you can consider in your strategy. And I'm so excited to discuss this topic with Ted Kubaitis. How are you? Oh, I'm doing well. Thank you for having me on the show. Yeah, big pleasure, big pleasure. Uh, we chatted a little bit before the podcast. And uh, I remember when uh, the first time I met your content, that was on show Josh uh, Bashinsky. So you shared a lot of valuable insights about your tool. Um, I enjoyed to uh, watching your show. I don't know uh, you keep doing this or not, <laughs> probably not. But yeah, uh, th that was good, you know, uh, starting point for me, you know, to learn something new, uh, quite different opinion. And before we start, just tell more about yourself, experience, background, and why you decided to share with us more knowledge about SEO. Okay, yeah. Um, uh, I... I got my start a long time ago, so I, I go all the way back to the beginning of uh, the graphical web. I had the office across the hall from Mark Andreessen at the National Center for Supercomputing Applications at the U of I. So those of you uh, who are older probably remember NCSA Mosaic is the first web browser. Um, so that's, that's kind of how far I go back. And then uh, I saw the whole evolution of everything, uh, you know, being there from the beginning. Uh, eventually made my way into online retail as an engineer and SEO fell into my lap and uh, I was quite good at it. I kind of operated in secrecy for about 17 years, uh, helped uh build an online retailer from about 5 million in annual revenue to about 65 million a year, uh, $40 average carts. So that's a lot of carts. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I learned about all kinds of things from, you know, web development and scalable architecture and how SEO impacts an organization like an online retailer, especially at scale. Uh, started sharing some of my knowledge in online forums, um, and uh, people started losing their mind because uh, they had never seen information like I was working with. And uh, so I, I just thought everybody did SEO the way I did SEO, and apparently not. And so that uh, brought about uh, my new company, uh, SEO Tool Lab, where I create software for SEOs. Nice, nice. Love your experience. Awesome. Uh, I'm interested about uh, how to uh, get new updates in SEO field because SEO is evolving fast. Google changes uh, a lot, uh, updating a lot. And you mentioned you started probably from <laughs> the beginning of this journey. And, uh, I, for example, I often, uh, you know, have interviews with someone who can work in my company and many of them don't update their skills you know uh, of course i i can't cooperate with them because it's better to up update that you have but i found another element for example when i had the conversation with neil patel and he told that he uh, doesn't uh, learn news about seo 
because he uses some uh, methods, foundation of human psychology and SEO, uh, especially Google. You know, uh, uh, Google is trying to provide content for human being. So uh, you can't recognize the algorithms. You can't know anything uh, how it works, but you can satisfy user intent. You can help much better than your competitors in the top 10 so you can get results tell your methods how to learn seo today uh update skills and don't use obsolete techniques sure um you know the the thing to keep in mind is uh yeah seo is constantly evolving uh but fundamentally it doesn't change quickly <laughs> so uh, <laughs> a lot of the the old stuff going all the way back to like the early 2000s, a lot of that stuff still works today. So if you actually test it, you'll find out, you know, hey, those old tricks still work. Um, and so a lot of that is still true. Some of it isn't, but a lot of it is. And uh, what we find is that, you know, if you test things, if you challenge your beliefs about things and actually run experiments, uh, you will learn very quickly what works and what doesn't. And mm -hmm. uh, what I've generally found is that uh, no matter uh, who you are, you know, you're at most only two years behind cutting edge in SEO. So if you are starting from scratch today, you could be the best SEO in the industry two years from today. Um, nice. And it's because you have to test and understand what works and how it works and and so you know all that past knowledge like my 20 years of past seo experience i mean most of it isn't valuable because what parts of it are still true today i don't know yeah. i'd have to test them all and verify that they're all true so we're all in the same boat that we have to verify what we know. And so that kind of levels the playing field. So if most any of us is within two years of being the best SEO on the planet. And, uh, uh, you know, another thing to consider is that, you know, we have to think about uh, content for people separately from content for algorithms. And mm -hmm. so content for people has to be tuned to convert into a sale, but content for algorithms has to be tuned to competitively stack rank well when scored against other content. And so those two languages are different. And people get very offended when you take your content for human beings that converts well and you try to make it stack rank well for algorithms. Uh, but you need both. You know, a lot of people say, you know, why would I do SEO when I can do conversion rate optimization and, and get the sale? And, and the CRO, you know, it's kind of the flashy, you know, walking the football across the, uh, the goal line. You know, it's the last yard. And so it's really important. It takes that SEO works and uh, turns it into the sale. 
but you don't want to forget everything that went into the SEO that got the rankings, that got the traffic, that expanded the keyword reach, that made that opportunity for the CRO. And so when you hear people saying, oh, you should fire the SEO and get a CRO, well, that'll work for a very short amount of time. And then once you're rankings go away and the traffic goes away, you don't have that to CRO anymore. Uh, So you have to remember that the SEO, the painful hard part that isn't as flashy as the CRO is the input to the CRO. You don't want to cut off the input to the CRO. Uh, I mean, you can at your own peril, but, you know, good luck. (laughs) But you need both. (laughs) You know, the thing you need to remember is you need both. You need uh, content that gets the conversion, but you need the tuning that gets the ranking and the traffic and the expanded keyword reach. And so, you know, I I like to consider both. I want you to consider both because businesses get their best outcome when you consider both. And a, a lot of people are scared about like the new uh, uh, chat uh, GTP uh, and its impact on SEO. And, and that stuff is a waste down the road. So you, you got a lot of time before the world changes in that direction in a big way. Um, but it will change. But the thing to keep in mind is it doesn't negate content. Because if you go and play with that AI tool and make some content, where do you think it's drawing its information from? Well, other content. And its content is only up to date to, you know, 2021. Mm -hmm. And so if there's no new content for it, you know, that AI is dead on arrival. So there will always be a need for content. And there will always be a need for people to make that content perform for businesses. And so as optimizers, we don't have to fear that change if we know how to think and analyze and look for best practices and do measurements. You know, if you have the critical thinking, you don't have to worry. Now, if your brand of SEO is I only do what Google tells me, you might need to worry. (laughs) So (laughs) do you know how to think? Do you know how to do the analysis? Or do you do as you're told? And so, you know, if if you're in the latter, you're going to have a hard time. Valuable. Love it. Um, Okay, let's talk about um, uh, sales in SEO. Because uh, you mentioned uh, that uh, SEO traffic needs to sell. Uh, to get results and uh, I remember one webmaster shared with me when he lost uh, 400,000 traffic because of Google updates but he didn't lose any sales so all all this traffic was useless uh, to some calculators uh, converse, converters uh, some simple tools but uh, he couldn't monetize this traffic well, so uh, he yeah can you tell about yeah, any Right strategy. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime you have something like that, uh, you have to be careful because there are multiple points of failure. So, for example, you might be watching your rank tracker 
And then all of a sudden you see that all of your rankings go to zero. And you're thinking, oh my God, I've been hit by this latest penalty or this latest Google update. And, uh, you know, that may not be the case. Google may have changed the HTML in the search engine results and your rank tracker can't properly parse it. And so all your rankings went to zero, but if you manually went to Google and checked, you'd see nothing at all has changed. And so the same thing happens with Google Analytics, which has sampling. And as your traffic goes up on a website, if you're using the free Google Analytics, your data gets more and more lossy. Your sample size compared to the actual total traffic gets smaller and smaller. And to get rid of that sampling, you have to pay about $100,000 a year to Google to get the unsampled reporting. And even then, it'll still be about 12 or 13% lossy at its best. And so when you say you lose a lot of traffic, did you lose that in Google Search Console, which is notoriously... Uh, off their mark and notoriously broken? Or did you lose it in terms of uh, sessions on your website? Or did you lose it in terms of payments across your payment processor? Because what I find is if you audit all of that stuff against you know, orders and revenue across the payment processor, you will find that Search Console and Google Analytics and your rank trackers and all of those things tend to be very lossy and not reliable. Uh, but once you go to your payment processor, I bet you they never lost a penny. <laughs> not one. <laughs> And yeah. so you, you got to you got to audit these sources and understand uh, when they're losing your data and when they're not. And a lot of people panic, like they say, I got hit by a, a Google update. But sometimes that's just coincidence. Like uh, with the recent helpful content uh, update, I had a website that tanked. It fell about eight spots. Uh, the day after helpful content update was announced, I was like, oh, oh my, did I get hit by this one? And I went and started looking at all the numbers for things about the website. And it turns out it was linked to K, a bunch of press release links for that website just rotated off the web. So I lost some mm -hmm. backlinks and I went down eight spots. I wasn't hit by anything. It was a coincidence that it was at the time of the helpful content update. But, you know, most people, they, they hear about an update, they see a ranking change, and they assume that it's cause and effect when it might not be. It might be coincidence. And so you really mm -hmm. have to look at a lot of uh, data to figure out the cause truthfully. Mm -hmm. Yeah, awesome. Uh, can you tell about uh, how to find, uh, you know, the balance between data and intuition? Because, you know, uh, some SEO experts use intuition, uh, you know, just to, to test many things. And you mentioned about testing as well. And uh, in the end, nobody knows what exactly will work. But if you know your strong side, if you know how you can surprise 
probably Google and users. So uh, you can uh, test yeah. some intuition methods, uh, your methods about that, any thoughts? Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, honestly, in SEO, uh, common sense is your enemy. It's uh, taking yeah. you down the wrong path over and over again. Um, mm -hmm. We like to test absolutely ridiculous things. Uh, and so, you know, one of our tests was, uh, I wonder what happens if we put a million unique keywords on a page, how many of them will Google index? I mean, it's, it's a ridiculous thing. And uh, we created a, a WordPress post with a million words on it. And that's really hard to do. Give that a try sometime. It's really hard to make a million word WordPress post. Mm -hmm. um, and then we had some interesting challenges with it because how do you rank track a million keywords? You know, and so we uh, uh, we went around, had some discussions with SEO testers and statisticians, and we decided upon a methodology of random sampling throughout the data set. And what we found from the experiment is that Google was indexing the page from the top down. So up at the top, you know, word number one got indexed before, you know, a word in the middle. So Google's indexing from the top of the page downward. And within 24 hours, uh, we had probably 75,000 words indexed. In 24 hours, you can get 75,000 keywords <laughs> indexed. I mean, it's it's amazing. In 48 hours, we found the limit. Google indexed uh, about the first 200,000 words, and then it wouldn't index anymore from the page. So there is a cutoff. Yeah. We couldn't get all 1 million, but we could get the first 200,000 indexed. And it only took 48 hours to do that. And, and so, you know, we had lots of beliefs and ideas and, you know, things uh, that we thought going into it. But when you actually do the test, it's like all that common sense goes out the window, you know. And, uh, you know, another one we did, another test we did, we wanted to know what happens if the web page changes the keyword it's tuned for once per second so every second the page is tuned for something else what does google do with that any ideas uh, uh i can assume probably google uh, can get one version uh in in the moment and uh leave it so it's my suggestion <laughs> okay so you think google will pick one yeah um, just pick one and for some time uh before google bot can get back Yep, yep. And uh, that's that's exactly right. But it always picks the one that was showing at exactly 20 seconds after document ready. Mm -hmm. So Google's rendering the page out to 20 seconds and whatever's on your page at 20 seconds, Google will index that. Mm -hmm. But they stop looking after 20 seconds. So anything you show after 20 seconds, you're cloaking with time. 
And so there's all these black hat methods now about cloaking with time where you know where Google takes the snapshot and you know where Google stops listening to page changes. And uh, so we figured we figured that one out and that was pretty cool. But that led to, to other discoveries as well. Like we figured out that uh, Google bot was rolling the same random numbers on every page it visited. So Google's random numbers aren't random at all. And probably the reason they're doing that is they're trying to take randomness out of your content. They don't want to see a page update because of a random number generator rolling a different piece of content. So you can actually identify Googlebot by looking at the five, uh, the first five random numbers that come out of JavaScript. You can identify Googlebot based on the first five random numbers a page can roll. Yeah, and so yeah, there's there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of interesting things like that that you can discover when you test, and and a lot of things that people think that Google is too smart for, like oh their AI is too smart, it's really not. Like uh, one of the tests uh, Kyle Roof did was keyword tuning lorem ipsum Latin, and his tests still rank number one in Google today. So after all the spam updates and all the helpful content updates, uh, Latin boilerplate tuned for density and relevancy and entities can rank number one for real keywords in search, and they still do today. And uh, mm. we've repeated those tests with gibberish, so not even Latin words, just random letters and numbers, and then tuning it for keywords. And, and that ranks. And we've even taken pages that rank number one in Google for real content. And we randomize the order of the words. Same words, but random order. You know what happened to them? Nothing. They rank number one. So, <laughs> so if gibberish and Latin and random word order can all rank number one based on the metrics of how they're tuned is Google reading your content. Mm -hmm. And you've got a problem if you're saying, yeah, Google's too smart for that because the content ranks. Hmm. So now, now you have to wonder, are you tuned properly? Do you have the measurements to know how to adjust your content? Because we're ranking pages every day by taking simple measurements against your competitors and just beating their measurements. And so mm -hmm. Google is stack ranking websites. They're calculating scores and they're stack ranking based on the scores. So what we've found is that the key to improving your rankings is to have better scores, understand how you're different and do better in those areas. Nice. Can you tell more about this measurement? How do you calculate these numbers, uh, your competitors, uh, and uh, yeah. your website? Yeah, just more information. So, about that. so my my product is uh, Cora SEO software, and it's it's basically a tape measure. All right, so it's it's gonna go and it's gonna measure up to a 
I think we're over 15,000 different possible ranking factors. And so we're going to measure them and we're going to see if they correlate with rank position in Google. And so that's going to take 15,000 possible things you could work on as an SEO. And it's going to reduce it down to two or three dozen likely suspects. The ones that have strong mathematical support saying these appear to influence the rankings. And then when you guess on what to work on from that condensate of the two or three dozen factors that appear to move the needle, your guesses in SEO get better than everybody else's. And not only that, it's not just knowing what to work on, it's knowing when to stop working on it. Because if you don't have the measurement data, you don't know when you have enough. Once you're number one in a factor, getting more number one in that factor is a waste of time. And if all you do is tune that one factor, you know, to the moon, not knowing that you've beaten everybody, I mean, you're just spinning your wheels. And we also suspect that uh, Google has a web spam algorithm called MC4 that says when you exploit a minority of factors, that the algorithm will simply ignore those factors just for your page. And so we see it all the time. Like it's the most common story in SEO. You tune your page, you get to number 50. You tune it some more, you get to number 25. You tune it a whole bunch, you're at 25. You tune it the most you ever have, and you're at 25. Like every SEO experiences that at some point. And, and that's MC4 saying, I see what you're doing, and I'm not going to let you get more score for that trick. You need another trick. Do something else. But if you don't know to do something else, then you're just going to keep doing the same things, and it's going to keep not working. And what we found uh, is that uh, this also happens off-page. Like, we all know an SEO that has got some backlinks, and their rankings went up, so they got a lot more backlinks, and they're like, woohoo, I'm the best SEO on Earth. And then, so then they get 50,000 backlinks, and Boom, their website's gone. What just happened? Oh, I, I got penalized. I'm, I'm over-optimized. But not, not really, you know, no human being at Google knows anything about the situation. You got an algorithmic demotion. And people in all the groups, they'll say, oh, 50,000 backlinks is bad. That's a bad number of, of backlinks to get. They, you shouldn't have done that. But those people don't understand the system because 50,000 backlinks isn't a bad number of backlinks. And as proof, I give you all the websites on earth that have more than 50,000 backlinks. If they can do it, why can't you? And it turns out the reason why you couldn't was factor diversity. You didn't have it. You were one trick. Google's algorithm saw your one trick and said, okay, you don't get score for that one trick. And you lost your score for your backlinks and you fell out of the top 100. That's all that happened. 
So how do you fix it? Well, everybody out there says, oh, I got penalized. I'm over-optimized. So I start doing link removal requests and I start disavowing this, that, and the other. No, that's wrong. <laughs> Common sense took you down that wrong path again. You need diversity. If you start adding more ranking signals, all right, you get a lot more ranking signals. Google will let you get more credit for those backlinks. You'll get them back. The problem is when you exploit a minority of factors, they get excluded. Turns out when you exploit all the factors, you rank well. And so you need to consider factor diversity. And what we, what we teach people, what we tell people is you want to go wide in ranking signals before you ever go deep in any one signal. And what people often don't realize is that most of the SEO tools on the market don't report on factor diversity. Uh, but what mm -hmm. we've found in our research is that factor diversity has been the number one SEO factor for over two years now. And almost nobody out there knows about it except our little corner. And so, yeah, it's important. You have to have a, a good diversity of ranking signals. Yeah, got it. Uh, so uh, can we check out such metrics on Ahrefs, SEMrush, or any other tools? I mean, like to find this diversity because I usually check out manually. These tools can show domain authority, page authority, number of backlinks. But they can divide like guest posting, you no know, forums, anything else. So just uh, yeah, just leave. Yeah. It's yeah, you need special software to do it, and uh, none of none of the platforms are currently doing it. It's it's a lot mm -hmm. of work. It's a lot of processing power to do it. Um, they do uh, the platforms do really well with off-page metrics, so they're pretty good there. But uh, most of the on-page platform stuff just isn't up for the challenge. Uh, you can go mm -hmm. to a website. I, I published the uh, public shared data from uh, Cora SEO software. Uh, so all of the public shared data is published at topseofactors.com. So you can see all of the factors, like the, the over 15,000 that we measure, I, I list them all out there. I give you data. I show you how they trend. You can find uh, what the extreme measurements are out in the field for them. So, yeah, we publish mm -hmm. all that data uh, for the community. Um, just nice. give them we, back. Uh, you can add this link uh, on private chat. I'll share. Uh, on okay. The, uh, yeah podcast notes so guys uh, just check out description you can find all you can find this link to analyze uh, to get more data uh, that I have the question about uh, common mistakes can you list common mistakes that SEOs still do and how to find a much better way today yeah yeah uh, there's several things um, uh, one of which is uh, understanding volatility and rankings uh, part, part of my software will actually graph out the volatility and diagnose issues. But what's happening is, is if you check your rankings 10 times in under one minute, 
you will find most of the time there is volatility in there. So for example, within a minute, your rankings might be, you know, 7, 12, 10, 7, 10, 10, 12, 7, 10. You know, it'll look like that where they're not always the same. And so what ends up happening is you have a rank tracker, as most SEOs do, and that rank tracker will, at a point in time, will get one sample, one data sample. So it's going to come back with that seven we just mentioned, all right? And you're going to be excited. You're going to be like, hey, I did awesome work. I got the client onto page one of Google. I'm a great SEO. I'm going to run and tell that client I got them to number seven. Well, the client checks. The client looks at it and goes, no, I'm not. I see 22. You've been working on this for six weeks, and I'm still 22. You're fired. But the problem is, is that it wasn't a scalar measurement. It was always a probability. And because you are working with one data sample, you fell prey to it. And so did your client. And it got you fired. <laughs> what you needed to do was use a sample of data. Because when you take multiple samples, it better tells the ranking story. Oh, your number seven 60% of the time with a worst case of 22. What you want to do is place the odds bet on what somebody else is going to see when they search for your keyword and URL. And SEOs are very bad at doing that. And when we talk about volatility, there's a property of ranking volatility that we call time sharing. It uh, is defined by what percentage of searches do you appear in? Because you might not appear in every search. You might appear in 50% of searches and not appear in the search 50% of the time. And we call it time sharing because when you're not there, somebody else is in your spot. You're time sharing your rank position with somebody else. And we can measure it. And the problem with that is, is that that time sharing means you have technical SEO issues. You're serving up errors. You have keyword cannibalization. You have quality problems with your page. Something is very wrong. And what uh, another mistake people make regarding that is they don't look for those technical SEO issues. They rush into tuning the page. But tuning the page doesn't work when you have those technical SEO issues. If you only appear in 10% of searches and you tune the page, it doesn't matter that your ranking went up for 10% of searches. Your outcome is going to be abysmal. And you're going to get fired if you neglect those issues. You have to fix those technical issues first. And it brings up another problem. Here's another way you do great work and get fired. You could have a website that's appearing in 10% of searches. All right. And you do, S and let's say it ranks number four and it's in 10% of searches. I've seen it in the data. 
and you do SEO on that page, you spend six weeks SEOing that page and you take them from number four all the way to number four. And you and your client have been watching the rankings and he says, you know what? It's been six weeks. You couldn't move it. You're fired. But what you didn't know because you don't understand the volatility is you took their page from 10% timesharing to being in 100% of searches and at number four for a high volume keyword. Doing that, going from 10% of searches to 100% of searches is a 10x on their organic traffic. But because you were watching rankings, you got fired for 10xing their organic traffic. You didn't know to brag about that. You got fired for doing a 10x on organic traffic. And it happens every day in our industry. Yeah, nice. Valuable. Okay, let's help uh, someone who is looking for a job, uh, who want to be hired, not fired. <laughs> and But yeah, great tips. Uh, to stay on your job, you know, but uh, I have uh, some students uh, in my network who are looking for jobs in SEO companies or just want to find customers. Uh, let's imagine if you started today from scratch without any experience, knowledge, skills, what will you do today to learn more about SEO? Uh, well, rank a page, you know, the, uh, uh, you know, I guess I guess it's kind of both from the last topic too, as in terms of mistakes. Like people mm -hmm. get into a position where they have to produce results or they get fired. And very often new SEOs find themselves in a place where their next big mistake gets them fired. And if your next mistake gets you fired, how fast are you gonna learn SEO? Uh, you're not going to learn. You're going to take every safe bet you can, and you're going to be afraid to do anything. You're going to be paralyzed, and you're not going to get results, and that'll get you fired. And so what you need, what you need to master your trade is a safe place to fail. All right? That's and I'm, I'm going to tell you how I made a fortune and I started entry level. And by the end of it, I was the director of BI for, you know, a huge 300 person company. And it was so simple. They had multiple stores. They had 15 uh, stores online. I took their smallest store, the one they didn't care about, and they were thinking about shutting it down. And I experimented on that store. Everything I wanted to try in SEO, I tried on the store they didn't care about. And you know what I did? Anything that didn't work, I undid it. And anything that did work, I moved it to the other 14 stores. Now all of a sudden, I have the Midas touch Everything I do turns to gold because I'm taking only the successes and putting them on the stores that matter. And very quickly, I was delivering double-digit growth quarter after quarter, year after year, because I would experiment on the tiny store 
And, you know, nine out of 10 times it didn't work. I, but I had a safe place to fail. But when I found a one in 10 that did work, it went on the 14 other stores and brought money to the bottom line. You need a safe place to fail. I don't care if it's like, you know, a copy of the client website. I don't care if it's your own agency website. I don't care if it's just a little throwaway Mm -hmm. website. You need a safe place to fail. And when you find successes, then you migrate those to important places. But what you don't do is experiment and learn in important places. You don't do that on your customer's ability to make payroll. You need a safe place to fail. Nice, nice. Yeah, I agree. Failing only brings new experience and nothing else. So, yeah, in SEO field, it's hard to go ahead without failing. But after failing, you can learn something new. You can adapt, uh, change methods and go ahead. So, yeah, I agree. Ted, I have the final question. Uh, can you predict the future of SEO? Because we still have the question, is SEO dead or not? What, uh, for new companies, is it a good idea to jump in SEO field because Metaverse might change anything, you know, mental reality, many other things? Your predictions about SEO? Yeah, you know, it's it's hard to predict way down the road. I'm I'm gonna predict very short term. So I'm gonna predict uh, later this year. All right. So for all you SEOs out there, uh, most of you are gonna be targeting mid competition keywords. They're gonna be two to three words long, and you know they're gonna be ones that your clients want, and and you're gonna be looking at them. You're gonna be looking at the backlinks and these backlink numbers, they're crazy. You know, uh, on a good one, maybe you're short 4,000, 5,000 backlinks. I mean, man, that's a nightmare. What the hell are you going to do with that? I mean, that's, that's really hard, but you know, the past couple years I've been ranking pages to number one and I haven't been competing on backlinks. I, I, I don't even look at that number anymore. I don't need to. You know why? Because I'm going to predict something about your keywords. In general, in general, when you look at the number of referring domains you need to be competitive on page one, not the most on page one, but just what do you need to kind of break into page one somewhere? I bet you're going to be short about 100 to 500 referring domains. And it turns out, turns out that amount of deficit, you know, we're talking about measuring here, that amount of referring domains is how much you get from doing one press release. Just, just one, not eight, not 12, one. And so if for nearly all of your keywords and all of your clients your off-page strategy could be remedied by one quality, honest, white hat press release with one link. And don't do all the, the map embeds and stacking and all the SEO optimism. No, don't do that. 
one link. I don't even care if it's no follow. Have it be relevant and on topic. And the anchor text too. You do mm-hmm. that. You do that. Your off-page strategy for nearly all of your clients gets super simple. You're no longer thinking about, oh, I got to do guest blogging. I need to pay $200 a backlink. No. Odds are the off-page strategy you actually need is one press release, and that's it. And so... Look at your referring domains and tell me I'm wrong. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, by the way, I love press releases. Uh, it's only hard to find great writers who can write this press release. You know, I mean, like, uh, newsworthy, valuable. You could use uh, a chat GTP for that. What you yeah. do, yeah, you get, a, you get uh, the content from the page you're tuning and you say, uh, write a press release about this content. And it'll write it for you. It'll be relevant and on topic. Uh, I need to test it. Interesting. Uh, I tested chat, uh, but uh, I didn't test with press releases because most press releases are newsworthy now. Like, but uh, if chat takes data from 20... 21 so yeah i don't know <laughs> well to check it <laughs> well but you're gonna use the recent content as an input so you're basically gonna say uh using uh this text quoted string content from the page end quote write a press release and then it'll base it off of the content you paste in Nice. Uh, uh, by the way, I'm going to do it after the podcast immediately because I'm interested about that. I need to write a bunch of press releases. So why not if it can help to save my time, resources? <laughs> Great. Yeah. It's a big pleasure to get on my show, to learn from you. You always share valuable insight. Tell our audience how they can reach out to you, learn more about you, follow you. Uh, yeah, my company is seotoollab.com. Uh, you can uh, see my software there. Uh, we uh, uh, are going to share the top seofactors.com website. That's free. It shows you all the factors and what the strongest factors are. Um, and you can find me in most of the big groups. So if you ask around, there's almost always somebody that knows how to reach me. So if you have questions, you know, track me down in Signals Lab or SIA or SEO Fight Club or you know, any of those groups. Nice, nice. Guys, you can find all these links in the description below. Listen to us on Apple, Google, Spotify. Thanks again for your time. A big pleasure. Always valuable. Guys, you need to follow that because you can see a lot of value. Okay, guys, love you. See you. Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.